everyone. Welcome again to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location, Belmont, Massachusetts. My name is Brian. I pastor that location, and it's good to talk to you again. Have you ever felt yourself drifting away from people in your most important relationships? Maybe that's a spouse, good friend, child. And it's not something that's intentional. It's just something that, if you're not careful, happens over time. Now, have you ever felt yourself drifting away in your relationship with God? Today, in the Gospel of John, we're going to look at someone who was drifting away from their relationship with Jesus. And we're going to look at how Jesus responds. And for those of us who have ever felt that we are drifting away in our relationship with God, Jesus says some things that are very important to us. So I hope you enjoy this, and I hope you listen closely, because I believe that God has something He would like to say to you. Well, I'd encourage you, if you would, to grab a Bible, grab a copy of God's Word, or open up the app on your phone that you use, whatever it is, and turn to John chapter 21. That's where we're going to be today. I have to warn you, to warn you, I was a little bit convicted this week, because um, Normally, if you're here on a weekly basis, you know that whenever we read the, read the text, read the Bible, we throw all the words up on the screen. And I felt like this week that maybe for a little while, one thing that I'd like for us to do as a community is each week when we get into God's Word, uh, we're not going to throw the words up on the screen. Not because we're lazy. Uh, to be honest, it takes about 45 seconds with the computer program we have to get those words up on the screen. You thought I was typing those out word by word each week. Not the case. Uh, so it's not laziness, but there's something different. I'm going to say this real quick. There's something different uh, between staring at a screen and getting your fingers ruffled in the pages or even having the app open on your tablet or phone where you can take a little note if you need to take a note. And so for a while, I'd like for us to approach God's word that way. This is God's living and breathing word. And rather than stare at a screen together when we read it, uh, I'd like for us to look at it in a, right in your seat. So there's copies of, of the Bible in the seats in front of you. And if you're in this front row, uh, maybe someone can hand one uh, to you. They're behind you there. Uh, and so we're going to read this text together. Now, here's the other thing about John chapter 21 where we're going to be. If you've been with us as we've walked through the Gospel of John over the past few months, uh, you may say to me, well, Pastor Brian, last week uh, we were in John chapter 16, and now you're in John chapter 21, and we've been going through the chapters of John 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Why are we jumping from 16 to 21? Because if you look... If you look at these chapters, 17, 18, 19, and 20, you know, you may not be a theologian, but you don't have to be a theologian to know that some pretty important stuff happens in those chapters, uh, such as the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so you might say, Pastor Brian, are we really going to skip over that? My answer is no. Uh, If you remember, when we started this series in the Gospel of John over Palm Sunday and Easter, we actually preached through those passages at the beginning of this series. And I know everyone remembers everything that I said about those, so I won't recap it now. And we're also going to end in two weeks. We're going to end this whole series in those chapters. So those chapters are going to bookend the series. So have no fear. We're not skipping them. Uh, But this morning, we're going to be in really, honestly, one of my favorite stories in Scripture. I love this story in John chapter 21. This is one of those days where I'm hoping to just get out of the way of the story and let the story speak for itself. I know you're saying to yourself, Pastor Brian, we've done a lot of talking already this morning. Are you really going to talk some more? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit more here, but uh, you stay with me. Stay in the text with me, uh, and I promise you God has something to say to you this morning. 
Here's my question for you as we begin. Have you ever in your life, have you ever found yourself making a promise, coming up with a resolution, having an idea in your head of something you're going to change or something you're going to do differently in life? Have you ever done this? You, you come up with a promise that, that tomorrow, now this is the day that, uh, that you're going to change your life and everything's going to be different. This is the day that you go to work and you're not going to let email run your day. Or this is the day that you're going to, to start the new workout program. You're going to start the new diet or you're going to finally kick that bad old habit that you're trying to do. Have you ever made a promise to yourself, made a resolution, come up with some idea like that? And then you're not exactly sure how it happens, but you just find yourself drifting back to the way that you used to be. Do you ever, you ever do that? And it's not, like a, uh, it's not a willful thing. It's not like you say, hey, I'm going to stop biting my nails this week, and on Monday you do well, and then you're like, forget it, I'm out of here. I'm going back to biting my nails. But Monday you do well, and then Tuesday you slip a little, and then Wednesday and Thursday, and by the time Friday hits, you're just kind of back. And you're not sure how you drifted, but it's almost like a boat that lost its anchor or came off of its mooring. You just find yourself drifting back. And it's not a willful return. You're not upset and going back. It's just happening over time. You ever had that happen? You say to yourself, this is the week I'm going to be patient with my kids. And day one, it goes okay. And day two, it goes a little bit worse. And day three, you say, will you clean up your room? And they say, no. And you're just back to where you were before. And we find ourselves sometimes making these promises and then just drifting back. You ever had that happen? I've had that happen. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever had it happen in your relationship with God? Have you ever said to yourself or felt God calling you to do something? You sat in the service, you went to the conference, uh, you, you were around the campfire, you sat in the Bible study, you read the book, and you knew God wanted you to do something, and you said to yourself, okay, I'm going to do it. You were in the service Sunday morning, you said to God, God said to you, I want you to change this, I want you to do this, I want you to go there, I want you to build this, I want you to give that, and you said, okay, God, and the worship team was playing, and the people were speaking, and everyone was having a great time, everyone was praying, and you knew that you were going to do it, but Monday morning you woke up, and there was no worship team, and there was no speaker, and no one else was around. Now, I don't know what the price point would be. I'm sure there is a price point for Ting and Therese and Mark and Bill to be there when you wake up, and they'll just follow you around all day, and they'll play the music just to keep you in the right mind frame. But most of us don't have that kind of money, right? And so, and so we don't have that with us. The, the, the music is gone. The, the speaker is gone. And all of a sudden, it's Monday, and now we're supposed to live out this big promise. We heard God say something to us. We said we were going to do it. And then we did okay Monday and then Tuesday and Wednesday, and then we just kind of drift back. It happens in our relationship with God. Here's the big question for us this morning. We're going to look at someone who I believe, I believe is just drifting. I don't think there's someone that, that encountered Jesus and said, no, thank you. In fact, they're the opposite. They encountered Jesus and said, I'm all in. But they're at this point in their life where they're not sure maybe exactly how it's happened or how it's all gone down, but they've just kind of drifted back. It's not a willful uh, renouncement of Jesus or uh, being upset with the whole situation. It just happens over time. And so we're going to ask this question this morning. When we find ourselves drifting away from what God's told us to do, how does Jesus respond to that? What does God do in that situation? When we, he tells us to do something, we say we're going to do it, and then 
we just kind of drift off. What does God do? We're going to see an example of how God responds in a situation like that. And we're going to look at it together. And it starts in John chapter 21, verse 1. We're going to read through verse 14 and take a look at our drifter who is just like us. After this, after this, this is after, after this is a lot of this, death, resurrection, appearance, all of those good things. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know what it, that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. The disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, the author of this book, that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land but about a hundred yards off. I love that detail. If you know anything about Peter, this is so Peter, right? He knows it's Jesus on the, on the shore, uh, and, and he just goes. When Jesus was walking on water, if you remember that story, Peter's like, let me walk on water too. When they go to arrest Jesus, Peter's the one that pulls out his sword and tries to fight. And I love the detail here because Je- Peter hears that it's Jesus on the shore, and he just hops out of the boat and swims in. And then John says, and I love this, and I feel like it's with a bit of sarcasm, he says, then the other disciples in the boat actually brought the fish in. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish... This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. You know, I I brought up at the beginning of of this message the idea of drifting, the idea of drifting away. And you know, drifting is not necessarily, it's not necessarily that when we start to drift, we pursue bad things. It's not that we pursue necessarily the opposite of what Jesus would call us to do. We're not like Jonah where Jesus says, go to this place, and we say no, and we go the opposite direction. Drifting looks different. And when we drift, I think two things happen that we're going to see in this text because I will make the argument that Peter here is drifting. Jesus had had given Peter a very specific assignment. We don't have time to go back and look at all the verses, but but maybe if you spent any time in the the New Testament, you you went to Sunday school, you heard the stories that Peter is the one, Jesus says to you, on my rock, I will build, on this rock, that's Peter, on you, Peter, I will build my church. And Jesus has spoken over Peter throughout their ministry that Peter is going to be a great leader. Now after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we find Peter doing something that the Bible has not said he's done in in over three years, and something that he'll never do again, at least in the context of Scripture. 
When Peter first was called to be Jesus' disciple, do you know how it happened? It's in Luke chapter 5. Peter was out fishing, and he fished all night and didn't catch anything. Does that sound familiar? Luke chapter 5, he fished all night and didn't catch anything. And this guy from the shore said, throw your nets out on the other side. And there were so many fish that they couldn't even haul the nets into the boat. And Peter comes ashore, and Jesus says, follow me. Now, three years later, there's Peter out fishing. Peter's fishing, and Jesus calls from the shore, do you have any fish? And he says, no, just like he did three years earlier. And he says, throw your nets out again. And again, the catch is huge. If you knew where Peter lived at this moment, after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, you might have gone to his house and walked up to the door and, and just saw a sign that said, gone fishing. And it wasn't a willful thing. I don't think Peter here is saying, like, hey, I guess we're done here. You know, death, resurrection, I'm done. I don't know that Peter really knows what's next, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But Peter is, is back to where he was before Jesus called him the first time, back in the boat, fishing. And you know, when we drift, when we drift away from what God asks us to do and what he calls us to do, one of the things that ends up happening is we end up delaying things. When we're drifting, we delay. And I don't think that Peter here, I don't think that Peter is, is necessarily willfully walking away from what God is calling him to do, but in a sense, he is delaying it. He's just back to what he used to do. He's putting it off. You ever have one of those days at work uh, where there's important work to be done, and at the end of the day, you know you did a lot of things, but you're not exactly sure what you did? Like, well, I checked some emails, and I, and I talked to, to Bill about the thing, and then I met with Sally, and we, did, we talked about the upcoming deal. And, but the important work is left undone, even though you were busy the entire day. I think that's kind of where we find Peter. There is important work that is to be done, but here Peter is, is gone fishing again, and he's delaying the important work that God has called him to do. How many times in your life has you delayed, have you delayed the work that God has called you to do because less important things were in the way? God calls you to build something. God calls you to give something. God calls you to say something. And you say back to God, God, I'll do it, but I'll do it you know, once I get my act together. I'll do it once I'm settled. I'll do it once the kids grow up. I'll do it once I get married. I'll do it once I'm older. I'll do it once I finish the Bible study and I understand more of this. God calls us to do it, and we don't willfully necessarily say low, no, but we kick the can down the road and we delay it. When we're drifting, we delay. But that's not the only thing we see Peter doing here. We read the second half of this story, and Peter does something else that we find ourselves doing when we're drifting away from what God has called us to do. Look at what it says in verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And the these, I think, means the other disciples that are standing there. He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He, Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. 
He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved. He was upset because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Now look what Peter does. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. That's John, remember the author of this book, following them. The one who also had leaned back against Jesus during the supper and had said, Lord, who is it that's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. You know, we're drifting from God's will for our lives, what God has called you to do, what he's asked you to do when we're drifting. One thing that we do is we delay. We delay going and doing the work. We get busy with other less important things. But you know what the other thing we do is we get distracted, don't we? We can so easily get distracted. You see what Peter does here? And I know you would never do this, but what Peter does in that verse is Jesus calls him back and says, Peter, follow me. Same exact words in Luke 5 when he found Peter fishing three years earlier. Peter, come and follow me. I'll make you a fisher of men. He's saying it again. Peter, follow me. And Peter looks, and the first thing he does is he sees John walking behind him, and Jesus says to Peter, Peter, follow me. Guess what's going to happen? This is what he says in those verses. You are going to die on my behalf, is what he's saying to Peter. Right now you do whatever you want. The day will come where you will stretch out your arms and someone else will carry you. You're going to die on my behalf, he says to Peter. And Peter's initial response is to turn and go, well, what about that guy? And Jesus turns to Peter and says, Peter, it's none of your stinking business. Don't worry about what John's deal is. I got a plan for John. But don't let the plan for John stop you from doing the plan for you. And when we're drifting from what God wants us to do, we delay, we kick the can down the road, we do less important things, but we also get distracted. How many of us, when God says to us that he wants us to do something, we turn and we look and we say, well, what about those people? Why don't those people have to give that money? Why don't those people have to walk through this trial? Why don't those people have to, have to do this thing? And God says to you, it's none of your business. Do what I've called you to do. I can see someone like, like Dennis and, and Jenny Duncan, who Jenny was a professor. Jenny was a professor. And God called them to a difficult place. And, and, we could, and they, could say, uh, they could say, well, why doesn't someone else have to go? Why can't someone else do that? But they didn't. They listened and went. And it's so easy for us to be distracted and say, well, why doesn't that person have to deal with this? Why doesn't that person have to go to this place? And Jesus looked back at us and says, just do what it is that I have called you and asked you to do. You know, when we're drifting, we are just delaying and distracted from what God calls us to do. And I think that's where we find Peter. But look at how Jesus responds. You know how Jesus responds when you're drifting and you're delayed and distracted? This is what Jesus does. 
Jesus issues a recall for you. He issues a recall here for Peter. And he does it in two ways. He does it full of grace and full of truth. Do you remember that verse? It's John chapter 114. One of the verses we started with in this whole series. That Jesus came to this earth full of grace and truth. And when he issues a recall for Peter here in this, in this chapter, he issues this recall full of grace and full of truth. Think back with me a couple chapters. And if you haven't been with us, I'll just try to remind us all quickly. In John chapter 13, John is wa- or Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And then they have a meal together, a meal which we take communion from, the bread and the wine, that whole thing. And Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. And it turns out it's Judas Iscariot. And then after that, Peter pipes up because Peter is the one that always shoots his mouth off and says, Jesus, I will die for you. And what does Jesus say back to him? Actually, you're going to deny me three times. Peter says, no. And if you read the text, if you keep going, you read this story. That as Jesus was on trial, there was a charcoal fire. Remember that phrase, charcoal fire, that was built in one of the courts. And John snuck him and Peter inside so they could see what was happening in the trial. And John's warming himself by this charcoal fire. And a young woman comes up and says, aren't you a disciple? And Peter says, no. You remember, you know, Peter said, I'll die for you. And then a child comes to him and says, aren't you a disciple? And he says, no. And then two men come up around this fire and they say, You're, we saw you with him. He says, no, it wasn't me, twice. And sure enough, he denies Jesus three times, once to the young girl and to these two men. Now, Jesus sits on the shoreline. There's this giant elephant in the room. They've never had this conversation. When Jesus needed Peter the most, this rock that he's going to build the church on, Peter was out of there saving his own skin as quickly as he could. And so Jesus, what does he build on the shore? You see it in the text there? While they're out to sea, Jesus builds a charcoal fire. Same Greek words. Peter was around a charcoal fire when he denied Jesus. Now Jesus builds a charcoal fire on the beach. And he brings Peter alongside, and they sit down after breakfast. Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times, right? And three times Jesus looks at Peter and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter even gets upset because Jesus keeps questioning Peter's love for him. But I got to tell you, if I'm headed to the cross and crucifixion and my, one of my best friends denies me three times, I'd probably ask the question a few times just to make sure. He says, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And in this moment is great grace as God offers Peter, who at the pivotal moment when Peter was most proud of himself and his ability to stand up and die for Jesus, he absolutely fails. Jesus offers him this beautiful moment of restoration where he says, Peter, come back. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And in a great moment of grace, recalls Peter back to himself. But there's a truth aspect to this too. 
It's not just about the grace where Jesus can come and see Peter and Peter can be happy to see Jesus and jump out of the boat and run to shore and Jesus makes breakfast and they have this chat around the charcoal fire. There is some truth that has to be dealt with. Simon, do you love me more than these, more than these other disciples, more than fishing, more than all of this stuff? Do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. Do you love me? Yes, you know I love you. Do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you then go and do the work I've called you to do, Jesus says. Do you love me? Yes, feed my lambs. Do you love me? Yes, tend my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, go and care for the flock, Peter. Go do the work. It's not just enough for us to say that we love Jesus. It's not just enough for us to receive the grace in that moment. There has to be action. Jesus is saying, Peter, if you love me, then let's put the nets away for a little while and let's go do the work that we're supposed to be doing. And in this moment, there's not just great grace, but there is also great truth in Peter's life that he is drifting away from what he was supposed to be doing. And maybe he doesn't know what to do because I don't think he thought that Jesus was going to die and be raised from the dead. I don't know. He saw that coming. He certainly didn't think he'd be the one to fail and deny him. And so he's kind of drifted back away. And Jesus goes and he calls him back with grace and truth. Are you drifting today? I think all of us are guilty of drifting away from what God has called us to do from time to time. Maybe you've just delayed something. You know God wants you to do something. He asked you to do it. He told you how it was going to happen. He told you that you were supposed to do the thing. He told you you were supposed to to serve those people. He told you to go love those people. He told you to build the thing or give the gift or whatever it is that he told you to do. I don't know what it is, but God told you to do it. And you find yourself now a year later, two years later, five years later, 10 years later, 20 years later, and here you've been delaying the thing over and over and over again. Or maybe... You've just been distracted. If you're just drifting this morning, the good news is that God is not angry. He's not going to write you off. He's not upset. But he does want to issue a recall on your life. You know, a couple years ago, uh, my wife and I, we got this uh, Toyota Highlander, and we got it a number of years ago, and, um, and we thought that very soon after we, we got the vehicle that we broke the hatch, the back door. We thought that we broke the door. In fact, well, I should say that differently. We thought that I broke <laughs> the back door. And so... Uh, I lived with that guilt and shame for a number of years. And then, just a few weeks ago, just a few weeks ago, we took the car in for something totally different, and we finally mentioned to the guy uh, that, that the door didn't work. And he said, oh, there was a recall on that door years ago. And I thought, yes. So he said, there's a recall on that door years ago. Then they put a brand new door on, and it was free. There was no charge to us. The door was free. The labor was free because they had issued a recall about it. And that's how a recall works on a product, right? They put out the product. There's a mistake with the product. The company says, we will pay on your behalf to fix the product because of our mistake. Here's what happens when Jesus issues a recall. Jesus gives us a call. We mess it up. And Jesus says to us, I will pay for your mistake. 
but come back and do the work that I called you to do. I'll take the burden. I'll bear the pain. I'll pay the price. I'll go to the cross. I'll take care of your sin. Now come back and show that you love me by doing the work that I've called you to do. And that is the great news of the gospel. So you drifting today? You delaying what God's called you to do? You kicking the can down the road? Are you distracted from the work that God's called you to do? Today, Jesus is coming to you and asking you a simple question that you need to answer. Do you love me? And we can say yes all we want. But here's the truth part. If we're saying, yes, I love you, then Jesus is saying back to us, go and do the work. No more delay, no more distraction, go and do it. I'm going to invite our worship team to come forward this morning. And as they do, I'd invite you just to close your eyes and bow your head for a minute and just think about this with me. Where in your life right now? It could be something in your relationships, in your family, in your marriage. Maybe God called you, he told you to forgive someone. And you know that he told you to do it. He said, as I have forgiven you, go and forgive others. And you've been delaying and you've been distracted. And Jesus comes to you today and he says, do you love me? Then go and do the work I've given you to do. Maybe God called you to start something or to, to give something or to, to build something and, and, and you know that he called you to do it. And for some of us, it happened a long time ago and today and you've been de- delaying it, you've been distracted from it and today Jesus comes back to you and issues a recall on your life and he says, that call that I gave you, it's not gone. Do you love me? Then go and do the work. It's so easy for us to drift away from what God calls us to do and how he calls us to live. And if you're drifting this morning, would today be a day that you receive both the grace of Jesus Christ to know that there is great love for you and great compassion, that he would build a fire the same way he did for Peter and call you back, but there is also truth that if you love him, you'll actually do what he's called you to do. And so, God, I pray this morning for all of us who know those places in our life where we are drifting away from you. God, you have called us to live a certain way. You've called us to do a certain thing. And, Father, we are walking away from it, not because we're upset, not because we don't want to do it, but we're just delaying and distracted. God, would you help us by your Spirit to do what you've called us to do. Help us to be bold. Help us to be strong. Help us to be faithful people. And thank you for your grace. God, we love you. We love you. Help us to do the work that you've called us to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for listening to the podcast from Mount Hope's Belmont location. At Mount Hope, we gather in Belmont every Sunday at 10 a.m. and in Burlington at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m each week that we gather. We do so to learn more about God, grow in our love of Him and others, and then we go to live lives driven by faith. If you live in the Burlington or Belmont, Massachusetts areas, 
we'd love for you to join us on a Sunday. You can learn more about us by visiting our website at mounthope.org, M-O-U-N-T-H-O-P-E dot O-R-G, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at mthopebelmont. Thanks again for joining us, and we look forward to having you listen again next week.